Welcome to the Boss It Weekly podcast. A no-nonsense, no-hype, frank, and close-up analysis of what is currently working and what is not in the world of software. The Boss It podcast is packed with major takeaways for software business owners and managers. So, let's begin. This is now Season 2, and a few changes from what we were doing with Season 1. What I'm doing now is I'm reaching out into the industry to try and find people that I think will be of interest to software entrepreneurs, those specialist experts that can help um, add value to your business, can help you overcome problems. Um, Just people also that I just think will be of interest on this um, podcast. And today I've got John Buchan who um, has a business called Charm Offensive, started in 2017. I've been having a look at what he does, and he works in the area of copywriting. Now, he's got a very interesting um, Facebook group called Charm Offensive. I mean, I love the name. That's the name of the company as well. And I've been having a look at some of the conversations that go on there. He offers courses as well to copywriters. And the reason I wanted to invite him on, well, it's a number of things. First of all, I like the way that he, he did business. He definitely got a sense of humor and I think you'll see that that will come across when we have the conversation in a few minutes but also the copywriting and the way that software companies communicate with their target audience I think is one of the key weaknesses that we see today it's an area that's been neglected and I think those businesses as many of you know we track the most successful software companies globally And currently that list is probably around about 450 companies of various sizes. One of the common denominators of those most successful software companies is that they are very good at communication. They are good at being able to communicate in a clear and understandable way that is predominantly, especially at the beginning of the conversation, devoid of too much technical jargon and also to come across in in a human way. So hopefully, I think you're going to enjoy this conversation over the next 30 minutes. Um, John, hopefully you can hear me. I How can are you? indeed. I'm very good. Thank you for, uh, thank you for having me. No, it's a pleasure. Um, I understand you're based in London, in Wimbledon, in London. I am indeed. I am indeed. Um, I've been in London for, oh, since 2006. And I've been in South London for, for maybe nine years now, ten, nine or ten years now. So oh, okay. yeah, I've been here a while. Excellent. What give us a bit of background about yourself? So, so where did you start out? Did you always intend to be an expert in the area of copywriting and communication? No, no, I've indeed I've not even actually read a full book on copywriting in my time, which um, uh, (laughs) may confuse people. Uh, I started out, well, I had had a business when I left school, and after five years, uh, it was only a small business, I'm not going to exaggerate its, its success. Uh, I decided I wanted to move to London. I was a bit depressed and uh, just decided one day, you know, I want to move to London. And two weeks later, uh, within two weeks, I uh, had got an interview. Uh, I went down, nailed the interview, got a job. I moved down two weeks later and I had my first job at a uh, digital marketing slash mostly SEO agency. But uh, they did some paid search as well. And then for the next five years, I worked hard, uh, learned a lot. And quit my way to the top, essentially. I would get a good job, do get good results, quit, then move to another agency. I uh, was in-house briefly, briefly. And then my last role was uh, head of a social media team at a, an agency called iSpy Marketing, who have now been bought by iProspect. I think iProspect have even been bought now. Um, and in that last role, my enthusiasm was dwindling 
Um, and I decided, you know, I think I'm mature enough to do this myself or with, and also involving my brother, Gary, as my business partner. So we started an agency and for the first year, uh, everything was great. Uh, then all of our word of mouth leads dried up and I realized, oh, it's really easy to uh, do well when you've got a really great salesman uh, opening leads for you. And then I would just go along to these meetings with them as the geeky consultant and we would close deals. <laughs> I didn't have that person anymore, and it's a lot harder when you haven't got leads fed to you. Yes. And I was a bit desperate because we had payroll to meet now. Uh, and, you know, I really didn't want to, you know, you know, I would feel terrible if I didn't pay my staff. So yes. in my desperation, I dealt with that the only way I knew how. I got blind drunk and wrote the most, for some reason, the most absurd cold email I possibly could. And I was still tipsy enough in the morning uh, to think it was a wise idea to send this email to some of the most <laughs> Decision makers at some of the world's largest brands like Hewlett Packard, Red Bull, Symantec. That, that so, sounds dangerous to be doing that, to writing, yeah. writing an email, a cold <laughs> email when you're drunk and then waking up in the morning still a bit drunk and, and yeah. deciding that it was actually a good idea to send it. That's a, <laughs> Really? Uh, yeah, if, uh, my life would be so different now if I hadn't have sent that email because it led, because it worked. Um, wow. The very first cold email I sent, uh, I was uh, met with, responses that said things like i never reply to these i get a million a week this is the first one i've replied to in 19 years uh, and then my, uh, or, or this is the best cold email. very gushy and and also on top of that not just compliments we would like to speak to you so uh, my favorite response it's not the most gushing but i always like it because it's succinct and sort of oxymoronic uh, if that's a word uh, it simply read my colleague forwarded me your spam email and we would like to meet you to discuss opportunities let me stop you there a moment because that's that is really interesting you know when you said that I mean you went you went into a digital marketing agency where you didn't really have any background or experience is that true no, no, it... no, no I had I knew digital marketing I knew SEO oh, okay, uh, fine. because that's how I got business to um, uh, my, my first business uh, was through search engine optimization, pay-per-click. I've always been a nerd. Like, uh, I've been doing this stuff since I was probably, well, I've been pr using computers since I was maybe seven or eight. But then yes. when the internet came around, I was learning how to design websites. I even learned to code a bit, although my coding was terrible. Uh, but yes. I understand uh, programmatically how uh, software sort of works. Um, so I had a, a knowledge that was just built up over my own curiosity and my own nerdiness. So I didn't have, but I didn't have commercial experience. Like I hadn't done agency work before. So things like sales pitches or dealing with clients, that was totally new to me. Oh, okay. Um, uh, but uh, my sort of honest candor seemed to work for me. Um, but, so I did have, that's how I nailed that interview is I, they gave me a little experiment, a little, uh, a test project to do. And I just nailed it because I just went way overboard because I really wanted the job. And uh, <laughs> uh, just impressed them with my, just the sheer, sheer amount of information I gave back uh, yeah. to their little test project. And well, so I had the knowledge there, but not the, not the client skills or anything like that. Well, I, I can hear that you've definitely got the energy and that's probably really what impressed them. And I think that that will always take you a long way. I was also interested to hear that you said that you'd never read or not never completed reading a book on copywriting. No, yeah, that's uh, what you do now. Do, do you think that that's, that's an advantage, that's given you an advantage? Well, it's, it's helped me because I don't sound like every other copywriter. So there is yes. a problem with some copywriters is they all sound exactly the same. And they're wondering, why do I not stand out? You know, why am I not getting attention? It's, well, you need to stand out and do something different. So obviously now I've, um, while I haven't read a full book on copywriting, obviously I've had to learn uh, direct response copywriting because I'm selling information products and subscriptions now. So yes. I've had to learn the principles of that. Uh, a lot of those principles I knew already because they're the principles of persuasion, uh, but direct response copywriting applies them probably the most bluntly out of any 
uh, of any discipline. Direct response copywriting uses those principles of persuasion in the most blunt way possible. Uh, so I've learned over the last years, not through books, um, but just through what other people are doing. And I'm able to look at uh, sales pages. I'm able to look at people I look up to uh, that I think are really good. So Colin uh, Therio, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right, of the Cult of Copy. Um, he's a guy I contacted to... Uh, to ask him if I should start Charm Offensive. I thought I had something unique. So I've learned from other people the direct response stuff, but I'm very glad that um, uh, I, I didn't learn it immediately. My, my experience and how I got good at copywriting is from the ages of about six to uh, probably 15, I stayed up till uh, the early hours, two, three, four a.m., watching uh, stand-up comedy, sitcoms, uh, a lot of American stuff, a lot of British stuff, and that's how I got my 10,000 uh, hours of experience. So when I wrote that email when I was drunk, I didn't know to use copywriting hooks or anything. I had no idea. Um, but uh, but I, I decided, could... uh, so that was my experience. So when I got drunk and wrote that email, um, uh, that's what came out. I was using joke formulas. Uh, and and that, I don't think anyone expected that. No one, uh, no big prospect has ever been offered uh, the potential for tequila shots in, a, in an initial email. <laughs> that's, that, 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 was, that, was, that was one of the things, actually, that... that that caught my eye about what you were doing because I think I came across you first of all on Facebook I don't know if it was a Facebook ad or something I, I came across and I saw the group and then I started to read some of the background story and I could see that humor was was at the core of what you were doing when approaching people you know with on cold so sending out cold emails and that is contrary to what a lot of business people think is appropriate because yeah. they they have this idea that they want to come across as being very professional, yeah. very correct. What what would be your answer to that, B? I would say um, I've got better on this. I used to be kind of condescending to people that had that that opinion. And I've I've realised that I sh probably shouldn't be. But what I would say is these are people at the end of the day, uh, and pe I think a lot of people put say CEOs for example on a pedestal. Yeah, they're just people at the end of the day. They listen to uh, you know, they've got some horrible, uh, terrible music that, that, that's a guilty pleasure. They've got stories of when they got <laughs> and tried to climb into their own shoe. These are people first, not professionals. So you write to the people, not the fancy job titles. Uh, and you'll find when you write this way, um, uh, they will respond back in the same tone. They will talk to you like a friend. That is a huge advantage over all the other suppliers that they're in, they're in jargon mode with. They're in business mode. Uh, instantly, the relationship starts. Uh, with you just being honest with each other and, and, and talking like people rather than the uh, puff your chest out, yes. put your, the suit on way of writing, uh, which sure can can work. I'm not saying that it doesn't, but there is somewhat of an advantage to this style. Um, and, and on top of that, it disqualifies and qualifies people. So those people that reply with things like you should be more professional. I was always very thankful for those because thank you. I don't have to work with you ever again. Uh, this isn't going to be a good match. Uh, yeah. <laughs> If you yeah, share so, something with someone that is a, a commonality uh, that benefits you. Do you think? Yeah, I, I like I like that point. I think that's a, that's a very good point, very well made, and and is actually really important. Is that I think the part of the art of really good communication is communicating in an authentic way, and what I mean by that is is giving people an advance understanding. Of, of who you are as a person or or some personality, some understanding of the company. You know, this is how we do business around here. And if you like this, you know, if, you, if, if you're attracted to this, this makes sense to you, you'll probably get on well with us and we'll have a good relationship. If you don't, 
you better off go and find somebody else. I think that that's actually really important. Don't try and be all things to all men and actually ended up with this sort of very bland, unmemorable, you know, a sort of business that you forget within seconds. And yet, indeed, and when I first started Charm Offensive, it was all about the drunk cold email and sending cold emails. It's grown since then. It, it, this, this methodology can be <laughs> But it's, uh, the other thing is when you say you've got a prospect and you're trying to get their attention, and someone very senior at a big, big company, they're getting hundreds of these emails, and they all read the same because everyone's typed into Google best cold email template. It's three sentences long. It's just functional. Uh, no wonder they get ignored. If everyone's writing the same thing, they're going yes. to get Whereas I... this, if you're interesting, your email can be longer. And humor is a great way of getting attention. What a great first impression to make. If you can make them laugh, when they click reply, they're, they're more likely to click reply. And when they do, they're more likely to say something positive. Uh, and also because of things like the primacy effect, uh, that first impression really matters. And also, if you can make someone laugh and, 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 and you can get cut through in an interesting way, that is persuasive in itself. And uh, the, I think it's called the primacy effect where... Uh, it works with physical attractiveness as well, but humour is also uh, a, a thing that works. With. If they, if you've got one good quality like that that is that impresses them, they will ascribe many other positive qualities to you. They're yes. creative and funny and all of these other things. So that's why another reason why it's so important, uh, and people should give it a go. Um, yeah, that, that that make that makes so much sense. I think I I must get sent probably seventy to a hundred cold emails a week. Um, and I think, especially on, for instance, on LinkedIn, I jumps, I'm just seeing repetition after repetition of that template approach where I can see it's a different company using the same template. And, and it just becomes, it gets to the stage where you, you don't even see it anymore. You just think, oh, it's just another yeah. bit of spam, delete, delete, delete. Whereas what you're doing is, is, is capturing their attention by being yeah. different. And and then giving that that positive effect. If you make somebody laugh at the same time, then even better. Indeed, yeah. I've got a rule, um, which is uh, be funny. If you can't be funny, be clever. If you can't be clever, keep that short. I would put profanity in there, usual. But I, would... <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's really good. Yeah, yeah, that works well. So well, tell to the third one there. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, oh, I've got a question for you. This is something that I think comes up so often and I like I find it sometimes a bit frustrating. I mean, I, I did read some copywriting books many, many years ago because I knew that it was it was an important skill and I found a very small copyright book. I can't even remember the author of it now. It was it was smaller than a than a, a normal paperback. But I read this and it was actually very well written. It was, it was an experienced copyright. It was very cheaply produced, but it was a really good book. Unfortunately, I lost, the, I lost the book and I can no longer remember who the author was or the title of it. But I remember one of the things that it was saying is that one of the myths is that, that all communication, all marketing communication and cold email communication needs to be short. The shorter, the better. And he said, actually, that's not true. If it's really good copy and it's engaging and entertaining, good long copy will outperform good short copy. And so many people in the industry always, they just look at it and before even reading it, they will say it's too long. What are your yeah, thoughts? That's a parroted thing, right? So uh, people learn off. Uh, you know what? If you can't write, that's probably good advice. That's what yes. I say. Yeah, yeah. Yes, <laughs> you're right. Yeah. I'm going to stop reading something that's making them, unless they're interrupted somehow. Yes. That would happen to anyone. They're not going to stop reading something if it's making them laugh and they're interested in it. 
Yes. Uh, so that's not an excuse to waffle. Obviously, you shouldn't be. Uh, no. Everything should have a purpose. Yes. But I've never. Most of my emails are much longer than the, what people suggest. Uh, perhaps reasons that I'm uh, not as succinct as I could be, but mostly it's because every, everything's there for a reason. Uh, I make someone laugh, and then I'll sell to them, and then I'll make them laugh again, then I'll sell to them. It's winning their attention over and over. Uh, that's another advantage of, of, of humour is it keeps people's attention, uh, and it gets remembered, which is another advantage. So while it's not an excuse to waffle, everything should have a purpose, uh, these, limit, these sort of self-imposed limits, uh, you know, I don't believe in them. No. Um, uh, also, the, the, the idea that CEOs have an attention span of three seconds is ridiculous. They've become CEO, successful CEOs because they have a good, you know, they, they, they have abilities. They are skillful. Like, to, 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 to suggest these people have the memory of a goldfish or they're so good yes. at <laughs> an email. Yes. It is. You're right. And they, they must have the ability to focus because they wouldn't have got to that position without being able to focus. No, that's, that's, very, that's so right. Uh, that's a good answer. I like that. Um, one of the one of the other things um, I hear is how do you how do you set the right tone for your audience? And this was actually one of the questions that my my son, who is a an apprentice copywriter, so he was quite excited to know that you were going to be on the, the podcast today, and he sent in some questions. And he one of the first questions he was was how do you set the right tone for your audience? I I don't my tone is the same whether I'm emailing an intern at a startup or the CEO of Red Bull. I don't. Uh, I'm, I'm me. I'm not focused on, on them. I know I've got a good offer. I know I, I know that the, 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 the copy is good. I really don't change it. You know, uh, I know that um, uh, goes against a lot of uh, sort of principles. And, I, and maybe if you're, uh, you know, you're, you're, maybe if you're writing a sales page for a product to a particular audience, you should change the tone. But in the context of cold pitching, again, this goes against convention. Uh, I talk about myself a lot. I talked about the agency a lot. I talked about us and I made it a story and I made it fun and self-effacing. I didn't, you know, the, the, there's a lot of rules about you shouldn't use the word I ever. Yes. Uh, so I, I went against that. I was like, no, I'm, I'm going to go in there. And it, there's a combination of traits. Uh, and I, I say you can be meek and direct, uh, you, meek, direct and ambitious. Uh, if you, that, that is a very intoxicating combination because people want to, people want to help and they like to, uh, be the person that's discovered a new talent. You know, there's, there's something in people that uh, they want to help good people that are ambitious. As long as it's tempered by some self-effacing humour, uh, so you don't appear arrogant. And, and yes. people, people like ambitious people, and we like to do favours for people. So when I got a, uh, a response from Symantec, I didn't hold back from uh, from saying this is going to be a dream opportunity if we win this client. Sorry, I've gone over the, the question there. Uh, but I, I don't really change the tone. I, I, I have a tone that... Um, I use, that's natural to me. I don't know how to write in any other way. I tried to do a corporate copyright gig, copywriting gig a few years ago. I couldn't do it because I just couldn't. My brain would not would just refuse to write in the sort of any kind of enforced jargon way. Uh, I just do me. And if people like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. That's fair enough. So that goes back to this, this, this point about being authentic. Be you. Be yourself. Don't, I know, by the way, this somewhat confuses me, the, the whole movement and training around authenticity, because I know of no other way. I don't know. Yes. Whether, uh, I, I just I, I can't do that. Put on a puff your chest out, put an authority act on it. I don't know how to do that. I'm just going to do me. I know my skills are good. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. I'm we, not, you know, that's how I am. Where I see it in the software sector a lot is where they communicate and they use words that seem to be what I would call business talk. 
yeah. terms that you would never say in conversation with somebody else. Yeah. You know, um, integrated, dynamic, holistic, holistic solutions. You know, synergistic. Yeah, Syner yeah, synergistic as well. Yes, it lo loses all meaning, doesn't it? Uh, it does. Yeah, and they put they put them all together in the same sentence, and you think, what yes. does that mean? And I just don't, I don't understand that. It yeah, just doesn't mean anything. In a meeting with uh, with Symantec once, someone said the word operationalizing, and I, I almost <laughs> put my hand up to say, I'm sorry, that, but they were paying me so much that I was like, I'll let that go. Fetched <laughs> 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 me to my core. <laughs> <laughs> What um, because I said as I came across I came across you on Facebook, um, I think the big issue for many software companies is gaining attention in what's a very crowded market. It's a very prosperous market. It's it's dynamic. It moves very quickly, and I think it's a great place to be. But there's a lot of competition, and the competition because of the internet can come from anywhere in the world. Yeah. How do you? You know that that sort of comes back to how you 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 reach your target market. Now you're using Facebook, and again, I hear time and time again people saying that's not appropriate for B two B. Facebook is personal stuff. What yeah. would you say to that? Uh, well, people are on Facebook. The most people are on Facebook. Obviously, there's LinkedIn, which is particular to you know, it's more it's focused on professionals. But not everyone in your niche will be on Facebook. But you can't. Uh, uh, prejudiced by a job title. Um, it's similar. It's a similar thing to when people say humor won't work on IT directors or finance yes. directors or some other unpeople that they've decided. Uh, people like to put people in boxes, and that often does not work. Uh, yes. This 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 approach will work on any type of person. The same thing is true of, of Facebook. I started a my Facebook group, Trial Offensive. At the time, I didn't use Facebook for business. Uh, but very quickly, people were adding me as a friend that I didn't know. And I was like, oh, OK, this is how people use Facebook now. Uh, yes. There's loads of people uh, on Facebook. Most you, I, I would I would suggest I may be wrong that there are probably uh, there. Are, it's, it's rare when you find someone is on Facebook. Obviously, not everyone is. But we've all got friends that aren't on Facebook, but they are the minority. Most mm, people are on, good or Ill, most people are on Facebook. Uh, yeah. I can't say I can't say that uh, that applies to everyone, but I've never heard of a job title. And I've had many suggested to me where none of them are on Facebook or, or, or it's a massive, a small minority. I've never found that to, to, to bear it to be true. More people are using Facebook for business now uh, than, than, than ever. Um, yes. So, yeah, that's another, that's another assumption. People make assumptions. I do as well. Uh, very often they do not turn out to be correct. No, there's, there's definitely – I've seen a change over the last 18 months in the fact that there are more – products and services being sold on Facebook so biz more businesses that are using it and a lot of that is B2C but if you think about it it's in its very basic form it's just another way of connecting with another human being yeah yeah it's just another platform and yeah. it's the biggest one by far um, so yeah I, it's, it's another one of those assumptions so you have to obviously have a look try and find your audience try and find Facebook groups that are on the topic of your uh, the, the, the theme of your business or complementary to your business uh, and if there isn't any uh, there's an opportunity uh, you could start a Facebook group on, on that topic but usually you know as I say there's so many people on Facebook your, your audience is probably there as well obviously those amounts will, will not be the same for all industries but yeah, you should. I, I believe that most people are on Facebook, and, and it no, can, I agree. Uh, evidence that it can be used for, for business purposes. I've built the whole business uh, mostly around Facebook, uh, my email list as well, and a, a good hook, the drunk cold email. 
So I, I, I am a case study in that, that you can use Facebook and create a business around it, let alone uh, just finding your audience on Facebook. Uh, it, 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 it's got a lot of benefits. I know that we did uh, a study a while ago, well, quite a few years ago. We were looking at our target audience, which is software entrepreneurs, to try and get a feel for what percentage we would find on LinkedIn. Yeah. And at that time, we, we calculated roughly it's in excess of 95%. Nice. It nice. really is very, very high. Maybe we, maybe you ought to do a similar sort of study on, and look at Facebook now, because I think there has been that change. When Facebook was first around, it was aimed at, I mean, it was aimed at students, so it tended to be preponderance of younger people, and then that that age group started to expand. And actually, they're saying that there are more and more older people. And also, I'm starting to hear that, that there are more businesses and more B two B communication is going on within yeah. Facebook and. Why not? I think it makes sense that that happens. And if you're if you're battling on the same platforms as all of your competitors, maybe Facebook could be the way to get through and, yeah, and, and yeah, gain yeah. attention. I tell I tell everyone that's interesting that they should build an audience, and 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 a great way of doing that is Facebook groups because of the uh, inherent sort of viral mechanics that they've put into place that make Facebook themselves successful. Uh, you can use that same. Uh, you know the same technology to, to to grow an audience, and and after a while, if you start a Facebook group, for instance, uh, you become a recommended group after you've hit a certain amount of members. I think it might be two hundred members or so. I don't know if there's an exact figure. Okay. Uh, so you know, your audience grows without you having even to do anything. Obviously, you should be uh, uh, conscientious and work hard and try and build your audience, but you just get more. You get people into your funnel. Uh, that sounds a bit um, blunt, but you get people to, to, to be part of your audience just by virtue that Facebook will start recommending your group to people. So there's a lot of inherent benefits to Facebook uh, because of the uh, the mechanics that make it so addictive. Uh, they, they work for for you too if you know how to use it. What is it that because you, you're using it for Charm Offensive on Facebook, and I can see that you've you've got an active group there. There are always sort of posts being made, so there's always something when people go back or when they next log into Facebook, there's something to look at because there's been some new post. What is it that you do on Charm Offensive with your group? What What do you mean? Uh, so what, what is it? What What was your What was the um, thinking behind setting that group up? Oh, and I didn't then, think about it. I, I, it was on a whim. I was just curious. I was like, you weren't drunk again, were you? Uh, well, I, I, I booked the call with Colin. I paid two hundred and fifty dollars with a call with Colin, which I, I never like to do because I don't like, like paying for advice. Uh, right. But he impressed me. He created something unique with the calls of copy. I'll give him another shout out there. Uh, yes. But there was like, for lack of a better term, a, an atmosphere that interested me. I was in a lot of Facebook groups, and his I was like, oh god, he's created something really unique here. And uh, I just found it interesting, so I paid for this call. Uh, I yep. just got out of some unfortunate sort of personal circumstances, uh, uh, and, and from the momentum of that, I thought, you know what, I've got something useful here that I've, I've, it's benefited me massively, but it's also helped, I've helped my friends get as many job interviews as they want in new industries. I thought, this could wow. really help people, and uh, Colin said to me, yeah, you've got something interesting and unique enough, and obviously it works. I showed him all the evidence, you know, the screenshots I was getting from uh, uh, responses to my cold emails. You've got something that works, but more importantly, you're enthusiastic enough that you can you can make it interesting. Um, so I started it very much on a whim, just curious, yes. and, it, and it resonated. Uh, it turns out lots of other people uh, thought that B2B doesn't have to stand for, to, for, for boring to boring. Uh, <laughs> they wanted to write like normal, uh, you know, like, like humans. And yes. uh, that resonated. So there's a lot of different tactics I applied uh, and a lot of, you know, I, I really did obsess and work hard to get that community going. Um, uh, and I'll tell you, one of the key things as well is 
it helps that I've got a topic that's so you know, it's inherently interesting to you know to the people that are involved. Yes. Um, you can make it interesting, and you can and you can write in a way that isn't staid and boring. Uh, you can really you can you can grow an audience if you're enthusiastic about the, about what you do. As long as you can dispense that enthusiasm and your knowledge, uh, you can you can build an audience, and that's exactly what what I did. Uh, the benefit of the charm offensive as well is. I could just talk about so much stuff because it's not just about drunk cold emails. It's it, it, it relates to psychology and sales and closing deals and relationship building. And, and now it's moved on to other areas. So I show people how to build Facebook groups. I show people uh, <coughs> how to incorporate humor and persuasion on th- things like selling information products. So it's expanded. So you can start with a small niche topic, the drunk cold email, uh, funny cold emails, and then it can expand out later. Uh, that's also a tactic that worked really well for me. I won't go, I won't ramble on too far because I could go forever on, on <coughs> Charm Offensive. Um, uh, but those are the key things. If you can be enthusiastic about about what your you know your your area of knowledge, you can really be a, you can you can really make it on on, on face with Facebook groups and, and building an audience. I must admit, it, it made me smile when I first saw about Charm Offensive and I knew your sort of backstory about you getting drunk and I, I could see you offering these courses whereby they got some training but then you also send them a bottle of whiskey to get them drunk because that's the best way to do it <laughs> yeah, uh, i wouldn't suggest that uh, <laughs> i drink that much myself now but uh, uh people have done that they've took pictures and said i'm i'm, I'm trying it and uh that's fair enough um, <laughs> for me, it, was, it was just a, it made me realize because before that moment before i wrote that drunk cold email i didn't know i could write uh, it was one of those wow. things that I, I said, well, maybe one day I'll be a writer. And then I just got, for five years, I was sending these emails and getting all these compliments. I had to kind of acknowledge uh, in my modesty that, you know what, maybe I am a good writer. It and, works, uh, yeah. So yeah. it was a catalyst for me, but I'm not suggesting that, 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 that other people have to get intoxicated, but <laughs> it, it works. I can't, I, can't, I can't deny the truth. Uh, that's what I did. <laughs> Well, maybe it was a way for you to tap it, tap into your subconscious. You were the, sort of in a very relaxed state, and it just probably flowed. Yeah, uh, it did indeed. Yeah, that was the first draft, and I sent it in the morning, and it worked. And, um, yeah, I was accidentally clever. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. You mentioned a couple of times about Colin. Sorry, I didn't catch his surname. Colin? I think it's Therio. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that right. T-H-E-R. IOT. I'm, I know it's not the uh, the the. the oh, okay. We'll we'll look that up. And um, but where did you come across him? Was that um, a website or a Facebook group? Oh, group. Facebook group. Okay. I got into that world. Uh, actually, I know it was another group, Traffic and Copy, and my friend uh, Charlie Price. He came to my agency a few years ago, and I showed. I, at this time, I wasn't showing anyone uh, the drunk cold email. When people used to put my letters on Twitter. I used to get really anxious because I'm like, oh, people are going to find out, which was hilarious because I was sending hundreds of these emails and letters out. <laughs> it's and I hardly a secret. I liked his go-getter spirit. He was he was young. And then he got me into the world of Facebook groups, and I saw he was doing well with it. And then I found, probably through recommended groups or, or, or his recommendation, I found Colin. And that's what got me interested. I was like, okay, there's something here. These guys are making a, a, a living. And I especially liked that they had no... Um, uh, they weren't doing client. Well, Colin wasn't doing client work anymore. It was all his products and his subscriptions. And I was like, I like that because I always used to joke with my brother. Wouldn't it be great if we had an agency without clients? And uh, no, <laughs> that's what we've kind of done. And um, so that's how I found Colin. And I'm um, very glad okay. I did. Um, uh, so glad I've, I, I started this because it's um, so much fun. I can't believe it's my job. Yeah, it sounds like you're definitely enjoying it. What, what are your What are your plans? Do you have plans for the future, or are you just enjoying what you're doing at the moment, and you want to see how it develops, or do you have a clear idea? Just keep growing my audience, and then keep growing my pro subscribers. I have 
other things that I want to achieve, but one thing I've got really good at is, 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 is focus. Like a lot of the platitudes people told me over the years, especially when I started the Facebook group and I started reading, uh, you know, these, these long posts from people, a lot of the platitudes I used to mock have turned out to be correct. Uh, so uh, batch your batch your tasks. So, for example, we're doing this uh, conversation. All of my human interaction is on Wednesdays. That leaves my Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. I, I can just work on stuff. Um, <laughs> uh, all of these things have, have, have turned out to be. Sorry, I've forgotten your question there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just saying about the what you know. What are your plans? Do you have clear plans. plans of how you'd like to develop your charm yeah, offensive just... in the future? Yeah, just keep growing my, my audience, keep growing pro subscribers. I do want to do other things where I, I, I'm thinking about starting a, maybe a roster of other talented people that should have audiences. Okay. Uh, that would be kind of cool. To but help the promote moment, them. Sorry? To help promote them. Yeah, indeed, indeed. I do at the moment just informally just because I like, you know, I, I, I'm, enthusi- I'm as enthusiastic for as other people's endeavors if they're talented and they want to go for it as my own. But maybe formalizing that in some way is, some, is a route we may go. I'm not sure. Uh, but mostly at the moment, really, just grow my audience by doing things like this podcast uh, yes. and then get more people to be customers and hopefully professional subscribers. That's the ultimate goal is that retained income. Uh, that's that's uh, it's just to keep growing that and growing that. And uh, who knows where that will go? I, I never expected to at this point now. So, oh man, what's it going to be like in a year, two years, five years? Uh, yeah, I just want to keep growing that audience. I know how to do it. We know exactly what we've got to do. We just got to put it into action. Sounds good. Would you, could you ever see yourself writing a book in the future, maybe writing the book on copywriting that you never read yourself? Yeah, maybe. I, I've considered it. Um, not at the moment, but I, we've got, we've got an, uh, me and my brother Gary. Yeah. I've got an idea. I've got a good snappy title. Go on then. Very important. Can you I tell us? No, no, I can't give it you now. Oh. Because uh, we're not going to do this for a, while, for a while. We're going to kick the can down the road for a while, and then we'll, yes. we'll get into writing it. Uh, but I, eventually, yeah, I do. Not right now. My goal at the moment, as I say, build the audience, build pro subscribers. But down the line, I would do it. Uh, if only if only for, obviously, the achievement of writing a, a, a good book. Uh, also, it opens up opportunities where there are some big podcasts that I think having a book would help me get on them. Uh, there's something about having a book of, of all your knowledge sort of condensed. Uh, this does help you go on some bigger shows. So that, that would be another benefit and reason why I would do it. I was I was sitting there trying to second guess what the title of your book would be, and I I was I was coming up with something like "Learning to Charm with Your Copy." No, so, no, it's it's completely not that. different. Oh, uh, okay, all right. Well, yeah. that's been a really good. We've we've actually been talking for just over thirty-four minutes. Yeah. So it's it's been really enjoyable to um, have a chat with you today, John. So and thanks for coming on to the podcast. Um, we usually take a couple of weeks while this podcast would be edited and put together, and then we'll send you an advance link through to that. But um, just say thank you very much for coming on. We'll put a link down to your Facebook group um, and any other ways of getting hold of you when we post this up onto iTunes and onto our website. Um, Great speaking to you. Really great to hear the passion that you've got for what you're doing. And it really sounds like, sounds like you're enjoying yourself. I am indeed. Well, thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. And um, uh, we'll have to do a Facebook Live. If you're interested, we can do a Facebook Live in the Charm Offensive group sometime. O- open offer. I will reciprocate. Uh, Super. Love to, so love to do it. Excellent. Well, that was Bossit Podcast talking about copywriting today. As always, if you've got any questions, just communicate with us. Uh, you can email me, medwards at bossitpd.com. Um, or you can come onto our website and fill out the contact form, which is bossequity.com. 
um, or if there are any topics that you would like us to cover in season two of Boss It. Thank you very much for your time. Bye-bye.